I'd like to welcome Rachel Talele and Karenza Johnson to the FMNZ Leveled Up podcast coming from the Grove 2019 FOMA Agri Summit. So Rachel has been the CEO of Kono NZ, a multi-owned top 100 food and beverage company employing over 400 staff and exporting to over 25 countries. Kono brands inside Tahu, Kono and Arunui wines, Tutu Cider, Kono Mussels, Kiwa Oysters and Annie's Fruit Bars. Kono also grows apples, pears, kiwi fruits, and hops and is involved in sustainable seafood through its business Yellow Brick Road, founded by Rachel. So you were formerly the NZ Trade Commissioner in Los Angeles, a fierce advocate of New Zealand's primary industry and has spent 20 years promoting Aotearoa as a world-class producer of food and beverages. So that's a pretty cool intro. I really so love like that. <laughs> so can you please tell me a bit more about Kono and then we'll have a, um, a chat to Karenza as well. So Kono is a, a part of Wakatu Corporation, we're the food and beverage arm. We are a vertically integrated company, which means that we, they are our orchards, our vineyards and our water farms. It's our team who are making and creating uh, the products and then it's also our team who takes it through into market. So there's very little time in um, our product life that leaves our hands, which is fantastic. So we're vertically integrated, uh, we work across a number of uh, sectors, horticulture, aquaculture, wild fish, uh, viticulture, and uh, fruit bar manufacturing. And we have a team of about 450 people based through the top of the South Island, uh, around New Zealand, and also internationally with an office in Shanghai. And, um, you know, we, we create products and brand them in a way that really celebrates fantastic Māori stories of our ancestors. Excellent. And so, Karenza, you're the Chief Executive of the Wakatu Incorporation which has approximately 4,000 shareholders who descend from the original Māori landowners of the Nelson, Tasman and Golden Bay regions. Karenza is also the chair of Ngāpai o te Maramatanga and uh, the Māori Centre of Research Excellence. A graduate from Victoria University, Karenza is a lawyer who has worked as a solicitor in the private sector, a legal academic at the Faculty of Law, University of Auckland, where she specialised in Māori legal development, public law and land law, and as a barrister. So, you are, as the Chief Executive of the Wakatu Incorporation, uh, what, what is the Wakatu um, Incorporation? And we've heard um, Rachel say about, so Kono comes under that. Yeah. yeah. So what, can you tell us more about that? Well, so as Rachel said, so Kono is one of our businesses. So Wakatu, if you think of it as the parent group, mm -hmm. really, um, we're an organisation that was established in 1977. So we've we're 40, uh, 40 years old, a couple of years ago now. Um, and we're owned by the Māori customary owners of Nelson, Motuika um, and Golden Bay, so the whānau and the hapu. Uh, and um, I, I guess in a nutshell, uh, when we were established 40 years ago, we had we had um, an asset base. Well, we, we, we don't tend to use that word, though, much really assets when we're talking about our land and our water we talk about our taonga and one of the challenges was well you know what are we going to do with the land that we have how can we add most value to it and that's really how kono was born yeah. so um as rachel said it's our food and beverage arm um and it's you know it, it's um you know a business that we're incredibly proud of mm -hmm. so what other arms come into the wakatu name so um I like to think about the, as 
um, as a cultural and a commercial organisation. So we've got Cornwall, our expert, um, expert export food and beverage business and experts, um, and uh, Fenua, which you know means land, but for us refers to our property businesses. We've got a collection of businesses there, so we're involved in everything from um, residential subdivisions to commercial development in our town. Um, and then the other part of our business is called Manaki, uh, and Manaki comes from the word Manaki Tanga, meaning to care or um, uh, have generosity towards, or hospitality is another another meaning. Um, but actually, the, the word Manaki um, is derived from the word Mana, mm -hmm. Mana Aki, meaning to demonstrate Mana. Um, and so that part of the organisation does everything from our youth programmes, our scholarships, um, our succession programmes, uh, our role in the community in terms of sponsorship. So there's, there's actually a, a lot of activity happening uh, within Manaki. And then we have a brand new part of our business, um, which is called O-Order. Um, and O-Order is about innovation. Um, so looking for new ways of doing things, and in particular, new ingredients. So we're really excited about about the development of that new part of, yeah. of Wakato. What new ingredients will you be looking at? Do you know yet? We don't know. We don't know. Mm. We've embarked on a project where we're looking at um, the indigenous plants and mm. organisms that grow in the top of the South Island, and we try to understand how um, our landscape is different from other parts of yeah. New Zealand. And we, we think, but we, we don't know yet because it's a, a research mm -hmm. project that's involving our communities, um, <clears throat> that there may be potential there in terms of discovering uh, new ingredients and new food, um, which will help um, not only our families, but our businesses as well. Yeah, mm. excellent. So we've talked about, um, you guys talked about today, the objectives and the values of Kono. What, what, how would you describe this? The objectives and mm. values. So the values um, that we have within Kono and Wakatū are um, Haitiakitanga, Manakitanga, Banaungatanga, uh, Kono and Huhupo. Uh, and um, they're essentially uh, ways of being and they, they, their ideas um, around inclusiveness, Rangateratane um, actually was the last one I didn't add in there, um, but inclusiveness and hospitality, as, as Karenza said, um, they speak to our desire to have you know, really an extended whānau approach to the way that we do business, uh, about doing business with integrity, but also in an innovative manner, which Ngākauhiko allows you to do. So um, ideas are probably not uncommon to a lot of businesses, but phrased and contextualise in a way that's really relevant for us as a Māori business. Great. So will Kono be adding more, um, more would you call businesses underneath, underneath that? I think so. I think that, um, so Kono by its very, by the definition of the word within Māori um, in Te Reo Māori is, is it's, a, it's a woven flax basket mm -hmm. and it's a basket into which we would place our you know, most prized food and beverage products for our most esteemed guests. So by virtue of that, yeah. um, it is literally open to be added to. Yeah. And both um, management and our board are keen for us to keep exploring what that might look like. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd say that we, we're, we're pretty 
aspirational about mm. places we wish to go and products we'd love to have come in there and how many how many derivatives of the existing products that we have might be sensible you know if you've got a base yeah. product being a muscle what are all the things that you can do with a muscle so mm. as well as adding new we're kind of creating new within the basket yeah excellent so both being woman in this um you know in agribusiness and the multi agribusiness um how how do you find that is it a, a, is it a good place to be for you guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting question because in the, in the industries that we're in, um, women are not are not in the majority, so it's still quite unusual to come across um, a woman, particularly in a very senior uh, leadership role. Um, so you know that can be interesting sometimes when um, when if you know if you find yourself in a room where you're the only woman and um, you might be the, the most senior person in that room, um, and that can take some adjustment for for people you know men who aren't used to working with women they have to learn pretty quickly that um, things things have changed, um, and I think that that's really positive. And so we've got um, you know some fantastic working relationships but the, I mean certainly there have been challenges over time yeah. for, for me personally um, more so I think when I was younger and when the, the, sort of the, the, the question mark perhaps over um, uh, my ability and my position and I think primarily those question marks were there because for no other reason apart from you know I'm a woman um, but I've found um, you know when you work with people over time and they they're ex you know they they understand the skills and the experience that you bring that that shifts pretty quickly. Yeah. I always um you know I've spoken about it being you know your unicorn moment, <laughs> and that um, when you realise that one thing is not like the other, in a in a certain environment, which is often as Karina said, there's a lot of tables that we sit around where you will be the only mm -hmm. woman, and you'll be the only Maori probably as well. Yeah. So you have that um dual consideration, but when you realise that one thing is not like the other, it's you're sort of instantly a unicorn, so you're rare and mythical. Mm. And um, then you have, uh, you know, two things can happen. You can sort of fold and retreat because it's uncomfortable. Um, and some days it's completely valid response. But then the converse of that is that you realise it's a moment to, it's an opportunity. Yeah. Because half the battle of being heard is being seen. And when you're a unicorn or you're that one thing that does not look like the others, you cannot escape being seen and so that's a moment that you can take in one of a couple of different ways but also we you know we, we do I mean this is obviously my a personal view but what we do I believe women think differently mm -hmm. right? so you you sit around the table we talk a lot about diversity now we have been talking a lot about diversity over the last few years but the the value of having a balanced view you know when you're making decisions is is immense mm. and I do believe you know our, our well the woman that I work with anyway and the way I tend to make decisions our default is often to um, you know our, our family our broader extended mm. family and our community and how will the um, decision impact on them now and in the future and that's just a natural inherent um, a value that we bring to how we make decisions. Yeah, I feel like even in the past 10 years, there's been quite a bit of a change when I started to come into the agribusiness sort of scene and everything from farm tours to um, increased personal professional development. I was either yeah, the one woman or one of two or one of three. And But now the split 
is it's changing I feel considerably from what I see day to day and it's it's really exciting and to <clears throat> I was actually talking to a minister the other day I will not name her but um, it was quite interesting how he was talking about uh, women development programs but kind of why bother because there's the positions aren't there or something it was something it kind of it's kind of how it felt like it came across and it was kind of a case well we're building these women up so that then they've got the confidence to then go and apply for these positions and that's how the sort of the cycle starts so it's mm. bit by bit so um, mm. I held my tongue a little bit um but I won't next time <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah um so usually uh I I have a bit of a thing where I I hate to differentiate the whole female male thing when it comes to agribusiness because I feel like it shouldn't be a thing. But given the the audience that this is for, we've got twelve thousand rural women right across New Zealand and outside of New Zealand, Australia and England as well, who are involved with farming mums NZ and have been for the past six years. One of the things that um, I'm asking males too, I promise, is how do you find uh, balancing career with family because I think a lot of the women that I talk to they've got so many transferable skills from before they moved to farm before they had kids but they're not sure how to utilize them and how to then balance it with travel and family and um probably the perceived place of where you know where a traditional farming woman, woman should be perhaps how do you find that um yeah, well again you know I think for, for me it comes back to values so, um, you know, I'm really clear that um, my family come first. So if anything, if anything, um, if I perceived that I was doing anything or my work was um, causing any kind of harm to, to my children in particular, that, that there's a really, it's really easy for me to make a decision about yeah. where, where I, you know, what I would do about that. Um, but at the same time, I believe it's incredibly important in particular for my daughter, and Rachel and I have both got daughters the same age, 14, um, for, our, for them to see us um, <clears throat> doing what we love, um, learning so much and developing and practicing out there in the world, which, which we are. And so I can see a certain independence in her growing because of that. And I'm not home, you know, all the time. In, in fact, I'm probably, you know, this week we've been away most of the week. Um, but I know that she, she values what, what I do and I also know that she's happy at home so mm. the other the other way I suppose I've <clears throat> been able to manage is because I've got a hugely supportive family so I know I can go away and, and she's safe and she's happy and she's well yeah. and for me that that's the um, that's the barometer which guides mm. all the other decisions that I that I make yes yeah. I'm always um exactly the same in that sense you know so if you ever get to the point where you think I actually need to be somewhere else then then you go to that other place and, and equally got a very supportive husband who and and daughter and, and sometimes when you do feel like you are unbalanced or it's not the way that you think it should or could be it's actually comes in, it's it's you and it's your own thoughts it's yeah. and it's actually your family's probably completely fine and yeah. you know they're, I think they're well guilt and is a word we hear quite it's often yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's heavy and it's there um but the other part of that is you you need to be in an environment which is accepting of that perspective mm. and i think oftentimes i think increasingly the value of our women in leadership or, or positions of influence under whatever definition is that um we can create um, spaces and 
um, ways of doing business that allow for issues that are unique to women. Mm. And and so if you, you know, if you do need to leave or in the middle of a board meeting answer the phone because the school is calling, yeah. then you do it. Yeah. And and everyone is okay with that. And you and, you know you try to engender an environment or create an environment where. Where that's okay. Everyone yeah. knows that everyone's family comes first. Yeah. And work is important, but it's not the most important thing. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, we had a woman return from uh, maternity leave. It was quite a long time ago now. About eight years ago, I think, seven years ago. And um, and we welcomed her back, you know, morning tea. Yeah. And I stood up and I <clears throat> wanted to be really deliberate publicly um, and say to her in front of all the other staff, you know, you've just had a baby. We understand what it's like to come back into mm. the workplace when you've just had a baby. Your baby comes first, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. You, if you need to leave the office, you leave. You don't. Don't you mm. know, give it a second thought. And she started to kind of cry. And um, then afterwards, I was talking to another woman, and she said, "It's you know, that's so important that we all hear that yeah. publicly because yeah. it sets that um, expectation. And again, it's about coming back mm. to our values, being really clear that." You know, those we we understand that that's the most important thing. And if you're coming to work, um, not able to fully express yourself as a mum, mm. then it's it's not going to be good for any of us. Yeah, I found the agriculture industry to be quite accepting of having children around as mm. well on a more hands-on case. When I was, um, I went to a field day once and. A whole lot of men were standing around asking me when I was due, and I said 12 days ago, and they all just went white. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here to go on those bumpy tracks to get this baby out. And But then, you know, the next field day, I've got a baby in a sling, and no one bats an eyelid. And I think sometimes uh, it's been the perceived view of what everyone else might mm. be thinking, whereas all these guys, they've all got their own kids. They've all yeah. taken them out to farm. They, they're actually it's, – mm. I think it's one of the best places to be able to be a mum as an agribusiness because I've never come across any issues personally and mm. I'd like to think that that is something that we can be proud of if not now then in time yeah yeah you're right so both of you you obviously um flat out what you do and you've chosen to to um go into these careers what what are your key drivers why what's your why why do you guys do this as opposed to anything else that's a really good question. I spent the last um, 20 years really in, in food and beverages and, and I love it. I love the industry. I love the primary industry and I love it most of all because of the people that you meet who have great stories and who work incredibly hard and they do it because they love what they do. Mm. And when they love what they do, they then produce a product that is second to stellar. You know, we're world-class mm. producers of food and beverages and and food is one of those things that um, it brings people together and it makes people happy. Yeah. And I think that I love being around that in, in every format and that's why I've stayed in this game. I think New Zealand is extraordinarily good about within the primary sector of New Zealand. I think we're going through this really interesting phase now of how do we keep um, producing these world-class products but equally be really stellar citizens, really mm. be um, cognizant of the way that we do that yeah. so that um, there is a trueness to the story that we tell the world about our mm. relationship to our moana and whenua and um, you know, our, our care and our love for the land and, mm. and for the sea. 
that needs to be true yeah. for it to sustain us as, as an industry and as a country. Um, and that's, that's pretty fantastic to be a part of, to be able to have any influence in that space is, is a real um, privilege. Also, I get to work with careers every day, so you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Great food. We do. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> First thing is like, oh, there's a little bit in here. Yeah. That's exciting. So I feel really blessed that um, I'm in a role <clears throat> and in an organisation that brings all of that together. Mm. So we have, um, you know, our, our purpose really is all about the um, the development, the care of our families and our and our our land, mm. our palma, and making sure that that, um, that 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 whole picture really blossoms and develops over time. Mm. <clears throat> and so we're the we're the present day kaitiaki of that, mm -hmm. but we're just you know you know Rachel and I and the other um, our other um, cousins who are in the in the organisation, we're we're just a moment in time, yeah, linked, you know, in this 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 continuum, this really beautiful um, taonga and legacy that we're a part of. So I just feel that for me, that's the why it's it's this chance to um, contribute what we can at, mm. in this moment of time to make it better for for the others that are coming afterwards. Mm. Right. So I will leave you with one really tricky question. Um, you, yeah, you said about how your values align with purpose and that's um, your why. There's a lot of people out there, and I was that person as well, when all of a sudden you've had kids, you're on farm and you're going, now what? Like, who am I? Because now my identity has completely yeah. changed. You might have been corporate, then you're living in the middle of nowhere with kids and you're an hour from town. So how would you um, encourage other people to... Um, understand their values and then find the matching purpose that comes along with that or the matching position or um, ideas. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, you know, when I had my Daisy, my daughter, and I was in a similar situation, we moved to a rural uh, area and mm -hmm. I had gone from, lived, we lived and worked in Auckland and all of a sudden I was on my own um, with, you know, with this little baby and kind of, like, yeah. what, not sure what 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 to do, and I guess what really helped me in those first two or three years was, um, you know, I took the time um, to learn and listen as as, as much as yeah. I could. So things like this, this podcast, and I, at that time it was kind of national radio that really saved my, yeah. you know, my 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 intellectual life because yeah. I felt like I had this um, this this you know um, exposure to so many new things. And then it's then then it, I think it's about trying to find like-minded people, whether that's in person or mm. through these networks, to to talk to and learn from. Yeah. That that really helped me at least in those initial first sort of two or three yeah. preschool years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm. Would you agree with that as well? Yeah, I've never really um I've never lived rurally mm -hmm. or lived um you know off the grid. 
I've always been relatively city-based, but um, to be quite honest with you, I, I barely remember the first couple of years. <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm like, I know she was okay, so she got fed and, um, you know, was loved and so forth. But it, but it, it was a blur because it's mm. all so new and so bewildering that, um, and I think that we were living in Los Angeles at the time, actually. So, so mm. Lily, who's um, my daughter today, our daughter, she, she was born over there and got sort of got thrust into the swing of our Los Angeles life mm. and and has continued in that way. We've always been pretty busy and yeah. she's been a part of um, our busy lives and work and um, this is she's in year 10 now and this is the first year she's been able to select her um, courses for school and she um, picked business, thank goodness, because there'd be something sort of genetically yeah. <laughs> amiss if, you know, having been brought up <laughs> in and around business for the yeah. last 14 years, she didn't then sort of select that as something that she might be interested in. Um, but I think that my MO with um, Lily along the way is that she, it, it all just, she just kind of fits into the busyness mm. of life. Yeah. Um, now, that rightly or wrongly, that's just the way that we've rolled. Um, and it's amazing how resilient kids are when they don't know anything else, and that's their normal. It is their normal, mm. and I think that they see and experience things, much like if it's um, either in an office or in a business or on a farm, they see and experience and adapt to mm. what is their norm, yeah. which is really you know, really fantastic and lucky, you know, lucky that they can be a part of. And I think in particular on farm, that must be the case where the kids are very much part of all of the business. But but it is tough adjusting your new perspective after you've had a child it, because mm. everything you believe to be important isn't any longer and things that you never knew might hold a special place in your life will be yeah. important all of a sudden a front and centre. So it's just how you then adjust to that new perspective. Mm. I mean, I think one po one real um, positive that came out of it for me um, was I really learned to value my time. Mm -hmm. Because before I had Daisy, I would have, you know, I was um, working as a barrister. So I was, I used to do quite a lot of pro bono work for people. You know, people would turn up with all sorts of problems and yeah. I would just give you know, hours and hours yeah. of time. Um, because it was important, but once I had my daughter, I became much more discerning about mm. what I would do. Because every every minute away with you know with someone else wasn't mm. a minute away from hers, and that was I found that really empowering personally. Because it, again, it's about those values. It just was became really clear to me what the impact of saying yes mm. to a whole lot of things that you know are really important, perhaps to someone else, but not so much to me. Yeah. The impact that would have on. Um, my role as a mum. Yeah. Mm. As Daisy and Louie, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. How do you feel that mm. from what you've been involved with, that they have a really good understanding and that they might um, kind of take similar pathways in terms of the, in terms of what you guys do? <laughs> I think Lily is, Lily's sort of, um, she's got a bit of a bend for it. She's really funny. My funny to who when I realised I might be indoctrinating her, is mm -hmm. that so I was walking by her and her and her friends, we were on holidays and they were talking about where they go shopping. And I heard her say to her friends, oh, we're not allowed to shop at Countdown. No, no, we're only allowed to shop at um, New World because Australia, Countdown is actually Australian owned. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and did you know that um, you know, New World is all locally owned? And I was laughing. I was like, oh my goodness. Be, yeah, <laughs> be careful the things I kind of spin her with. But um, but she's always had this sort of funny little, um, you know, things that she's done, whether it's lemonade stands for charity mm -hmm. or um, you know doing her business now. Yeah. Um, 
I think she just thinks those sorts of things are pretty normal. That's yeah. what she does and that's what she sees happening around her. Um, and I had a working mother as a as a role model and she's had one as well and it's you know, I think it's, it's pretty neat. It must be exciting just to think what she might be into and like possibilities that she's got available to her. I think so. And look, if she completely bucks it and decides that she wants to go and paint houses, well then that'll be fine too. And if she's anything like me, she will. Something for a few years she'll go right off and then come all the way back and be like ah oh, that's what i probably should have done then <laughs> yeah no, it, yeah anything is possible yeah, yeah absolutely cool well thank you guys so much for your time um i'm absolutely stoked to be able to interview both of you uh and yeah so if is there a good way to uh follow you guys online at all or what you you found me on twitter to? and i've just yes. found you on the podcast so and i found Excellent. you cool which is good so i'll put some links in the um in the summary of the podcast cool Awesome. Yeah. I love what you're doing. It's, it's you. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, really I'm innovative. hoping that we can create more, um, be able to support women in whatever they want to do because they can do whatever the hell they want to do. Yeah. Sometimes they just need a case study or a, mm -hmm. someone to be able to um, touch base with and get the how going. So I think once, it's, really it, once how, you make these things visible, that's that's part of the, yeah. that's, that's part of the um, challenge as well, is it? And, you know, we talk about it, you know, you've got to, sometimes it's exhausting mm. and tiring and you just actually do want to get under your duvet and not do anything, but actually there's a responsibility to mm. remain visible so that other women can go, oh, look, she looks, she's yeah. going to look and feels like me and yeah, there's something that could happen. Excellent. Cool. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Awesome.